Welcome to Session 4 of Exploring the Biblical World Through Google Earth, a class taught on September 24, 2008 at First Presbyterian Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. This course was led by Wesley Fryer. The course Moodle site is available at moodle.speedofcreativity.org. Wesley's blog, Moving at the Speed of Creativity, is accessible on www.speedofcreativity.org. Please share comments and feedback about this course in the iTunes Store and Podcast Directory by writing a review of the podcast channel. May God bless you and your family today and all the days of your life. Thanks for listening, and remember to never stop learning. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Session 4 of Exploring the Biblical World Through Google Earth. Why don't we open with a word of prayer? Dear God, we thank you for this opportunity that you've provided again for us to gather in this place, for us to study your word and open up not only the Bible, but open up new panoramas of opportunity to explore our world and to explore the places of the Holy Land. We pray for... Those of us um, who are facing a difficult time this week, the weather is beautiful, but the fall is here and our schedules are many times busy and we pray for those fruits of the Spirit that we would live with patience, that we would know your peace, that we would live with joy and that we would pass the stresses of our lives off onto you and that we would be able to experience each day open to the opportunities you're going to provide. For us to love each other and to show your love to others. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, I will go ahead and pass around a little handout tonight just uh, for name and email. How many of you received an email from me this last week? Did anybody get an email? All right. Very good. Well, I want to, uh, we'll do a little, I really want to get to Paul's missionary journeys at least by 7 o'clock. So that gives us 25 minutes to kind of review and and talk a little bit about what we might have uh, discovered and found. But I am excited that uh, the next course we'll be doing is about iTunes University and the different things that are available on iTunes. And I'm going to go to iTunes, and I'm not going to be endorsing any of the advertisements that you may see on the homepage. So let me just say that up front. And if you go to the iTunes store and you do a search for Google Earth, I think this is kind of amazing, there's not more there. It does not cost anything to list a podcast, a recording on uh, iTunes. And so when you, when you do a search and you just put in Google Earth, there are different things that come up. Um, there's music, of course. There's applications that you can get if you have an iPhone or something. And then there's also podcasts. And so that's what I'm going to click on. And I'm amazed that right now, when you just do a search for Google Earth, there are only eight podcasts in the entire directory. And sure enough, when we take a look and see... What do we find? It's exploring the biblical world through Google Earth. Now, again, I don't you know, have special connections with Apple to be able to do this. I submitted the, the podcast channel, the recordings that we have for this class, into iTunes. And so this is a way, if you want to get to these recordings now or later, you can do that. And uh, down here at the bottom, we have our three sessions. And so we could zoom in and see here. I I really ought to warn people. Somebody told me the other day that um, they get sick at the IMAX theater. And so zooming in like this is really not something that they they enjoyed uh, visually. So I I should have probably warned you about that. And I'm trying to get better about it. Here we have the the first three sessions. And so if we would want to hear... the last session, we could go ahead and click here and click play. September the 17th, 2008. And then, um, in terms of, uh, we're going to hear the be able to hear the whole recording, which is just audio. But anyway, it's it's there. So if you've missed a session, uh, those are available, and I'm recording tonight as well. So those are going to be available. And again, after our fifth session, we're going to spend ten weeks uh, looking at iTunes University, and uh, here in. Um, you, there, there's iTunes U 
And this is what we're going to be exploring is just all the different uh, things that are available here in terms of different courses uh, from, from all kinds of, of different places. That's a good question. Uh, let's do a search. Let's just do a search for Edmund. We should be. So Edmund, and then let's see. Podcasts don't come up. Right. Um, sermons from First Presbyterian Church, right there. Okay. So we can click on that, and there they are. There's. Looks like my dock is kind of hiding a little bit down there. We've got 20, 25 that are listed in there. So if you missed the sermon last Sunday and you'd like to get the audio, you can you can get it. So. That is a good question. No, I I have not. <laughs> I have not. Uh, but that would be a good homework assignment for me to to uh, to look at a little bit. Um, let's go ahead and look at our at our website. And um, I, at the top of our website, we've got different links that pertain to really every every topic. Elmer was asking at the beginning what, in addition to getting logged in here, what else to do. And uh, logging into the Google Earth website is uh, is one is you know probably step two as far as getting the program downloaded. But I wanted to point out another link that's here that I hadn't talked about before, just to mention it, and it's called Flash Earth. And so Flash Earth is another program that allows you to explore the world, but it doesn't require you to download a program. And it has different versions, unlike Google Earth, which only has whatever satellite versions that Google Earth has. This is a NASA updated image. Um, I can go to Microsoft's uh, Virtual Earth, and so these are satellite pictures that uh, Microsoft uses for their, um, I guess their, their, they really don't have a version of Google Earth as far as I know, but, but it is, it's their cartography. So here's the Nile River Delta that we were looking at before. And what's neat about this is it doesn't require a download at all. So you can just go to this in your web browser and you can begin exploring. And so it doesn't have as many options and layers and things like that. Um, but it has some different versions that you can explore, and uh, not not as powerful or as flexible. But you know, let, let's say you were teaching a class and you couldn't install a program on that computer. That quite often happens nowadays, where people will have computers locked down, and you wouldn't be able to install a program. Ooh, I'd really like to show the Nile River Delta. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, if you went to this website, it would allow you to. Thank you visually explore that and so that is a an extra to mention for you and it's one of one of the links that is up here at the top that you can explore so I would like to point out that we did have some activity on our uh, forums and so um, down here at the bottom I'm going to say jump to and I'm going to jump to our third week and so down here on our Israel Palestine and Judea Discoveries, we've had three replies here. And we had Dwight posting something about the Dead Sea Scrolls. So has anybody done any reading about the Dead Sea Scrolls? Able to give us a short elevator speech about the significance of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Well, it's supposed to be a thousand pieces of parchment or something like that that they found in this one had to do with uh, one of the threatened copper plate. So not only did Dwight post uh, some things that he copied, but he's also got a link there. So we can click on this. I'll click the right thing here. And we can take a look at this link. Huh. And so this was... About the second one. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Copper in the arts history. So, Copper Dead Sea Scroll displayed for the first time in America. So, discovered in caves. Let's see. I don't know if I can make this. I'll try to make this a little bit bigger and we'll scroll down here. I'm not expecting anybody to be reading this quickly. There we go. 
So the famous Copper Dead Sea Scroll that has been intriguing man for decades is on display for the first time in the United States this month at the San Diego Natural History Museum. Discovered in 11 caves between 1947 and 1952 near the Dead Sea in Israel's Kerbet. You know how to say that last word? Qumran. The Dead Sea Scrolls consist of thousands of fragments that were discovered and pieced together into over 900 separate documents. Most were created from parchment and papyrus reed, but the Copper Scroll is considered one of the greatest pieces of copper archaeological finds and the most interesting. The Copper Scroll comprised of thin sheets of bronze written in Hebrew with approximately 20% in Aramaic has garnered much attention. Now, wait a minute. I thought Aramaic was just a spoken language. I hadn't realized that it was written as well. And now the San Diego Natural History Museum has an exhibition of the scrolls from Israel and Jordan, including ten scrolls that have never been displayed beginning June 29th. However, it's the section of the Copper Scroll from Jordan that is piquing the interest of archaeologists and artists worldwide like a treasure hunt yet to be solved. The Copper Scroll was discovered in 1952 in Cave 3, explains Dr. Risa Levitt Cohn, director of the Jewish Studies Program at San Diego State University, biblical scholar and curator of this show. When it was first discovered, it looked as though it was two scrolls, but when excavated, it was one long scroll rolled up into two scrolls. It became clear that unrolling it would be impossible because it was so fragile it would probably break apart. In 1955 and 1956, it was transported to Manchester, England, where it was cut into slices or small sections to be photographed and deciphered. Once it was cut open, it was discovered it was approximately 8 feet long, 1 millimeter thick, and 99% copper, and that metal workers engravers literally hammered the text into the copper using some kind of striking instrument. According to Dr. Cohn, once deciphered, the scroll read in several different columns that comprise 64 cryptic locations where over 100 tons of gold, silver, and other valuables were supposedly hidden. So that article is now available for you to read in its entirety. And upon seeing Dwight's post, I thought, of course, let's find out where the Dead Sea Scrolls are. And so, if we will go to... uh, Back up here on our breadcrumbs. These are, was it Hansel and Gretel that had the breadcrumbs? We talked about that the first night. So we can, we can click up here to GE 101, which stands for Google Earth 101, and uh, kind of go back to our homepage. And so I put, um, well, actually, I guess it was a response to here. I did it here in the forum. I replied to Dwight and said a couple things. Thanks for the reference to the Dead Sea Scrolls, Dwight. We hadn't mentioned them in class, and this is a good location in the Holy Land for us to explore. The Wikipedia articles for the Dead Sea Scrolls and Qumran are worth exploring. My own Google Earth search for Qumran did not yield any results, but I did find a photo which purports to be of Qumran after doing a regular Google Earth search for a regular Google search for Qumran Google Earth, and it includes a hyperlink to view the location in Google Earth. The UCLA Qumran Visualization Project is, is one of the external links on Wikipedia, and it's also worth checking out. So, I don't know what the word for this is, where we follow this link, and we follow the link, and we follow the link. Anybody have a word for that? Getting, getting lost. Getting lost. Going into the rabbit hole, chasing rabbits. So, but these are good, these are good rabbits, good rabbit stories. So let me show you, I'll just kind of recreate a little bit of my, um, of my explorations here. So... This was the link that I found from Google, which purports to be the site in Qumran. And this is coming to us from a website, which I had not heard of before, called um, Panoramio. Show your favorite places. And so what we're about to do is go into Google Earth and see a wide host of images that people have what's called geotagged or geolocated. So these are photographs that they are placing in Google Earth And when we have that layer turned on, we're going to be able to see those uh, particular sites. Now, again, if you're going to be uh, queasy with the IMAX, you might close your eyes. We're going to zoom in here a little bit. I just want to point out that on these photographs on this site, we have a link. See it in Google Earth. And so what we're going to be actually adding to Google Earth with this click is another layer. 
We've got these layers that are in the corner, and this is what's going to actually add a layer for us here in Google Earth. So let's do that now. First off, where do we suspect we'll be flying to if we're inspecting the Dead Sea Scrolls? Somewhere around the Dead Sea, okay? So um, we might just start there, okay? And to review, over here in our sidebar, we can turn our sidebar on or off. This is where we put locations that we want to, to fly to. So I tried Qumran, didn't know where that was, okay? But I bet if we try Dead Sea, we will be able to fly to the Dead Sea. You can see that I, well, I tried Dead Sea Scrolls and that didn't work. But let's try Dead Sea. And um, it shows results here. And here we go. <laughs> it's a little bit faster. Okay, we are really zoomed in to the Dead Sea. That is, there's, yeah, is that a swimmer there? Yeah. Is that a, that's right. We we got we got really zoomed in. So, by clicking on that link for Dead Sea for for see it in Google Earth. That turned on these locations, um, including this one right here. So that was the photograph that was on the web. But now what we're going to do is we're going to zoom in to the place they have geotagged it. So we're, we're, and, and in terms of is this right, is this correct, we're going to want to you know, check other sources and things because it is possible someone got onto this site and put a picture on here and you know, it, this, this, this actually isn't. Now we can, we can zoom out a little bit and see that we are, what, just northwest of the Dead Sea itself. And so this particular person has put on a couple uh, different pictures, again, from this site Panoramio. And this is a site that Google actually maintains. Yes, as far as I know, anybody can add a photograph. Looking at the pictures, I do believe that would be true. Um, so, can I just ask you to clarify for me? Absolutely. If you were able to search this picture by, its, by putting in the word that led to its name outside of Google Earth. Right. Because that picture was showing that I had to find again. Um, I didn't know that I could search for it outside of Google Earth. Right. I would have been able to find it. Yeah, possibly. Right. What I actually did was I went to, I went to Google. Well, first of all, it's all it's good to know that you have a, a history tab, uh -huh. right? Have you used that on your browser? Now, I'm not. Most people are using Internet Explorer. And then there are a couple versions of Internet Explorer. The new, the new version over here on the sidebar has a, has a star that you click on. Uh, is that right? You have a star to make a favorite. Anyway, this history is over here. So my history is up here. But the point is, everywhere that I've gone, where did I go today? Okay, Everywhere that I've gone today is here. Okay, All the different sites. This is good, incidentally, to know when you're working with your family members, right? Where did we go? Hmm, how did you get there? But also when you want to recreate your, you know, your, your path or your, your tracks. So I did a Google search and I think that I did a search for Qumran Google Earth. Yes, okay, so I put in Qumran Google Earth, and there are only 5,830 results that show up here. The third one said it was a panoramio photo of Qumran. But there's more. <laughs> Who's, who says that? Is that a... Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> That's right. Jesse Trevelyan says, but there's more. So the more is that, okay, so this is kind of neat. We, we, we think this person has labeled where, where 
the Dead Sea Scrolls are. This doesn't look like a cave, but this is by the Dead Sea, and I suspect that's right, but I'm not sure. I discovered that over here in our layers, in this bottom left corner, and remember this is where we've turned on the clouds, this is where we've turned the terrain on and off, this is where we have turned buildings on and off. In fact, we're going to Rome tonight, right? We're talking about Paul's missionary journeys and Paul went to Rome. We're going to see three-dimensional buildings in Rome tonight. That's why I want to make sure I watch the time and make sure we get there. So layers are what we turn on and off. And these are categories. And so what I discovered is by, un, by clicking this arrow beside geographic web, ah, look at the first category. It's Panoramio. Again, because that is a site that Google maintains. So watch here. Right now I only have those two pictures taken by that one person. I'm going to turn on the Panoramio uh, layer. And I think... we're going to see a lot more show up. Ah, yeah, okay. Are these them? So what I actually had to do was not only turn on that layer, but then I had to do a search. And so I put in Qumran, Israel, and all of these locations here correspond to different photographs that people have geotagged in this location. And so, let's see if I can find, there were some that were actually tagged, yeah. Okay, Dead Sea Scroll Caves 4 and 5. So there is a photograph of Dead Sea Scroll Caves 4 and 5, and it is tagged or geotagged to be in the location. Now, down here at the bottom, this is kind of the way user-created content works, we could click some links. If this was misplaced and we knew that it wasn't there, we could provide that feedback. If it was an inappropriate picture, we could click that. And if we wanted to comment on it, we could as well. So... I think this verifies that this area is indeed um, the area where the Dead Sea Scrolls are and this provides an opportunity to see some other things that, that people have geolocated that it is gonna, it's going to be a different, a different perspective than we're going to get. Even if we're going to zoom, zoom way in here, We're probably not going to. We're not going to. We're not seeing that kind of a detail unless we're seeing an image. All right. So that was some Holy Land learning about a new layer in Google Earth. While we're here under the geographic web, I'm going to zoom in to this again. There are three different layers that we can turn on and off under the geographic web. Panoramio is just one of them. Another one is Wikipedia, which we've been mentioning and talking about. But I've kind of jumped over from Wikipedia, gone here's on on the internet, now let's go back and forth. So this allows us to explore Wikipedia content about places right within Google Earth without leaving it. So I'm going to uncheck the Panoramio layer and I'm going to check Wikipedia. And so now I'm going to have access to Wikipedia articles that are going to be related to um, the locations that I am looking at. That's oh, still coming from Panoramio. Okay, I think this is one. Yeah. So here is the Wikipedia article for Qumran. 
And this is an example of content that's being embedded. So I could, in my web browser, go and look this up. But by turning that layer on, I'm going to be able to see this content right here in Google Earth. And if I want to see the full article, I can look at it. So Qumran is located on a dry plateau about a mile inland from the northwestern shore of the Dead Sea in the West Bank, just next to the Israeli kibbutz of Kalia. The site was most likely constructed sometime during or before the reign of John Hyrcanus, 134 to 104 BC, and saw various phases of occupation until, probably after the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, Titus and his ex Fratensis destroyed it. It is best known as the settlement nearest to the hiding place of the Dead Sea Scrolls in the caves of the sheer desert cliffs. What do we want to learn today? How deep do we want our learning to go? Right? If we want to go ahead and follow uh, you know, the link to kibbutz, those links and those articles are going to jump us out of Google Earth and then take us you know, here on the Internet. We will have to switch back over to Google Earth to continue exploring there. But that is another layer that we can turn on that is included in Google Earth. So sometimes I feel like these are magic tricks. How did you pull that hat out, you know, that rabbit out of your hat, Wes? Sometimes we can get things from other places. This is built in, and so I would encourage you to explore the places that we're exploring, but turn those layers on because you will see additional content when you choose to turn on the Panoramio layer or when you choose to turn on the Wikipedia layer. All right, I haven't given you a chance to talk to anybody tonight, so why don't you turn to someone, take a couple minutes, and uh, visit about what we've been talking about so far. Go. <laughs> No, I didn't see it. quit the program or what do you have to do? <laughs> really? It's more of our, our kids' computers at home that may not have memory maybe So let's troubleshoot that a little bit. If you have a technical problem with Google Earth, one of the things to know about is Google Earth just like your web browser will save data in something called a cache, C-A-C-H-E. So something that you can do is you can go up to your Google Earth menu and choose preferences and you can, you can empty the cache. Uh, and I'm not can you tell us a little bit more what that is? Sure. So 
when you're viewing things on the internet, like when we're zoomed in and it's downloading the satellite pictures and all that, it's downloading all that stuff to some folder on my computer. So one thing that you can do, and this, is, this can sometimes happen on your web browser too, if it's bogging down and going slow, is you can erase it. It's like getting rid of, of memory. So possibly a troubleshooting thing you could do is, are, are two things. You could choose to clear the memory cache, which says, erase, forget everything you've downloaded, all right, and, and, and empty out. And then let me start to fill you, fill you again with other things we're downloading. And then you can also change the size of the disk cache, which this is a technical thing, but I don't know, depending on your configuration, if it's, this is an editable thing that you can do uh, that may improve the performance by giving it more disk space. Now, if your computer itself is, is you have less than 10% of your hard drive free, if it's really a full hard drive, you know, but if, if that's not the case, this, this could be. Does anybody have another suggestion for what they might try? Anybody else having that trouble with Google Earth? The, the Earth stops spinning. Anybody else have that happen? Anybody else have another troubleshooting suggestion for what they might do? I would give that a try. What did somebody else say? Anybody else point out an obstacle that they have had or a um, question that they had? I will explore that and we'll... <laughs> How many of you had an opportunity to, at least for a few moments this week, do something in Google Earth? Anybody? A few of you did. Okay. Um, I'll, let me go ahead and point out uh, one more thing from last week and then we'll go ahead and uh, talk about... Uh, Paul's missionary journeys, and we'll, we'll uh, take a, take a look at some of those resources. Uh, you know, we're taking this course. I'm teaching this course for the first time, so this is version 1.0 of this class. Uh, we're being pretty light on the homework, so uh, perhaps, yay! So perhaps next next time we'll end up uh, asking people to create things. Um, but this is something that I've found uh, where somebody made Google Earth place marks. And they have actually created these. So here underneath Israel, this person created place marks, and it says view in Google Earth. So I can click on these, and then I can... Um, Double-click the file that's downloaded. So... Oh, is this the... I think I got the wrong one. We're going to Italy. Let me go over here to my layers and... and it is, I know. We're going to have to go on. That's right, let's zoom in. Alright, well you're right. It is, it is 7 o'clock. And I don't remember which... These layers that are here in the middle are the ones that I've downloaded from my browsing on the internet. They're not the built-in ones. So everything that we've done down here, I didn't add to Google Earth. It already had those kinds of links. The ones that are up here are, um, are the new ones that we've downloaded. Let me give this another try. So I'm going to click on that. And what, what this is downloading is a file that's either called a KMZ or a KML file. And that is a Google Earth file. I'm going to actually look at this and see what it... So when you click that file, if this was a Microsoft Word file, it would open up a Microsoft Word document. Because this is a Google Earth file, it's going to open up the document in Google Earth. And there are different locations here in Israel that this person has, uh, has created place markers for. So here's the Jerusalem Botanical Gardens. 
And this one is not as impressive as some of the other ones that I've seen. All right. So if you would like to, I'm sure you're, with that introduction, you're just, that is going to be the number one thing you're going to want to do. Um, maybe not. Uh, that link is there, and you can, you can go ahead and go, uh, go back to that one. Probably the main discovery that I, would, that, I would, that I had from last week was being able to turn these other layers on. Being able to turn those panoramio pictures on, being there in Israel, and searching for something in there and having additional pictures pop up. That was my, that was my main learning point from yesterday, or from last week. Alright, so being eight minutes late, we're going to click down here at the bottom and we're going to say jump to our fourth week, which we're on now, which are Paul's missionary journeys. And so let's jump there and take a look at the resources that we have that are listed there. I will go ahead and put in a, another plug here for our learning community that if you would like to visit, we have a topic and you do have the rights and ability, the, the permission to go ahead and reply to things that you've discovered or learned that relate to Paul's missionary journey. So if you want to do that, you are welcome, uh, you are welcome to do that. Um, what I would like to do first before we go to Rome is I would like to show you an overlay map that someone has created of Paul's missionary journeys. And this is an example of a map that somebody has put into Google Earth to overlay on top of, um, of, of, of the satellite pictures that are there. So I'm in our Moodle site. Okay, Underneath Paul's missionary journeys for week four, We've got a forum up here where we could post things, and then I've got links to Wikipedia articles, and now we have three different links that relate to Paul's missionary journeys. And this is really the first, the first missionary journey is the main one that I found like this. Um, but what we're going to be able to see is an overlaid map that has place marks showing where he stopped, and then the biblical references in Acts to those places, where we can actually click on those and see them. All right. So I'm going to click on this link. And again, this well, this is coming to us from the Google Earth community. So this is, and, and Elmer had a good question. He was asking me about YouTube before this started. He said, can I get in trouble, you know, in terms of, the, of downloading things that will hurt my computer from YouTube? There are lots of things that can hurt your computer as far as, bad programs and that those kind of things and when people email you something or you just google something you know it, it is possible this particular site is the official google earth download site there's not a guarantee that we're you know going to absolutely be safe here um, bless you but um, this particular link if I look at the date this has been up here since November of 2005 and so someone who like us wanted to use Google Earth to explore Paul's missionary journeys, um, went ahead and created this file. Now there are two choices for this, and before I do the Google Earth one, let's try the Google Maps one. Uh, turn to your neighbor and ask them, what's the difference between clicking on Google Maps and clicking on Google Earth? You have 30 seconds to have your neighbor answer that question. Ask them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time's up. The answer is what? There isn't there is a difference. Google Earth is this program that we've downloaded. It's the one that, where the globe stops spinning and we might have some trouble with. If you have trouble with Google Earth or you haven't downloaded it yet, you can click on Google Maps and you don't have to download anything. Google Maps works through your web browser. Okay, So this should show us the same thing but not take us into Google Earth. Okay, It should just show it to us in Google Maps. And here it is. So this is an overlaid picture of a map and I'm going to be able to zoom in on it. Is this the 05? I mean the uh, 90, what, the 05 or 95? 
This is the, yeah, this was from 1995 or 2005, somebody that created this. So without downloading Google Earth, I can see this file. And they've overlaid a map on top of Google Earth, and I've, they've used crosses instead of other place marks. And so we can start here, number one, the seaport of Antioch. Of, click on the right one. I can click on Antioch. Next week we're going to be talking about Anatolia in Turkey. All right, which is going to be a nice segue here. Present day, I think that's spelled wrong. It should be Antalya. Maybe not. Actually, I shouldn't be so, um, that wouldn't be correct. Antakya in southern Turkey, known as Queen of the East, capital of the province of Syria, and the third largest city in the Roman Empire. It was here that the disciples were first called Christians. So, let's go ahead and click on this link. The link is to Acts 13, verses 1 through 3. And if we click on that link, oh, where does it take us? By coincidence, they're using the same resource we've used before. Bible Gateway is a great free Bible that you can access. And so this is an example of a resource someone has created specific to Paul's first missionary journey. And not only is it going to help us see those locations, it's also going to connect us right to the scripture. So, you can read this. Acts 13, the first three verses. Barnabas and Saul and Saul sent off. Oh, wait a minute. I don't think his name was Saul at that point, was it? In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now that's an interesting question. Does anybody know why he's being called Saul here and not Paul? Turn to your neighbor and talk about when his name changed from Saul to Paul. And what road they happened to be on. Alright, I, I heard a couple, couple answers. The location was on the Damascus Road, right? I think that's right. So... Let's see where Damascus is. And where was he uh, where was he leaving? Was he in Jerusalem? Can you find Straight Street? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Were you? Okay. So we can view this in Google Maps, and that's a way to do that if you don't have Google Earth installed on, on your computer. But we do, so I'm going to go ahead and view it in Google Earth, and we're going to see the difference and why um, it's going to be better, if you can, to view this in Google Earth instead of viewing it um, just in Google Maps. Over here in the, in the second tab... I have the places that I've, I've downloaded or the, the locations that I have, have added. These are the things built into Google Earth. These are the new things that I have downloaded. And so on top of Turkey, Anatolia, this person has superimposed a map and they have created place marks here that I can zoom in and I can view. So again, when I click on Antioch, it's going to it's going to show the same thing. It's going to show a pop-up menu here that um, can, will take me to Acts uh, 13, the first three chapters. Okay. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and just follow. Um, well, let's. Let's, let's zoom in a little bit more here. Any ideas why Antioch would be uh, so far inland? When, when I visited Turkey in 1983, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more next week when we talk about um, Ephesus and where we think um, Troy and other kinds of, of cities are, um, there's been a lot of silting in of locations um, that were on the coast 
So, I mean, if it if that was a coastal places that were on the coast in the biblical times may not necessarily be, you know, be on the coast today. Here's the seaport of Antioch. Sixteen miles to the west and five miles upstream from the mouth of the Orontes River. Um, a name given to several cities established here during the Hellenistic period. These cities are named after Seleucus I, who gained control of Alexander the Great's empire. As many as ten such cities have been identified. Seleucia in Assyria was the most important city founded by Seleucus. Is also known, I'm not going to read all these names. Um, the total population of the city was approximately 30,000. Acts 13.4 Alright, so if we would want to how could we view um, well, it's already on there how could we view more information about this location in the present day this is the map that's been superimposed here how could I view more information about that location turn to your neighbor and see if they have the answer Let me ask it a different way. How do you how do you how do you show more information in Google Earth? Where do you click to reveal? Okay. Since he has it, the layers, right? You've got to click on layers to show additional things. So if I turn on my Wikipedia layer, and if I turn on my Panoramio layer. Take this one off real quick. Look, here's photographs of this area right now. And here are Wikipedia articles. Okay? These W's are Wikipedia articles. Something else I did looking at something today is now the National Geographic player. And I bet the Betsy Scrolls would have been. Right. Right. So. You've got multiple layers here that you can turn on and off. They don't have them all on because that'd be overwhelming. Okay, it'd be too much information. So use your layers here as you're exploring to turn them on and off. And we've talked tonight about two different ones. Um, we could turn we could turn places on as well. That's going to uh, allow you to be able to get additional information about these places as we go. All right. So those were the first two stops on Paul's missionary journey. Let's zoom out a little bit here. So let's come down here to the island of Cyprus. And we'll click here on this. This is to Salamis, a town on the east coast of the central plain of Cyprus near modern Famagusta. NIV Study Bible Page sixteen seventy. I guess they must have been when they did this. They must have been using a specific Bible, and he included the, the page number here. An important commercial city on the eastern shore of the island of Cyprus. Even though Paphos was the capital of Cyprus in the New Testament era, Salamis was still arguably the most important city. A large Jewish population with several synagogues, dating perhaps to pre-Roman times. And there's the link to Acts thirteen five. So we'll go ahead and click that link. And because we were in Google Earth. It's taken us out. Okay, it's taken us out to the internet, to the Bible Gateway, and it's shown us that specific passage, Acts thirteen five. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. Now I'll point out that the Bible Gateway website has buttons here that allow you to not only see that verse but to show the entire chapter. So if you want to see the entire chapter of Acts thirteen. Verse 4 starts with on Cyprus, and you can read that there. Right. Isn't that interesting? Because he was Paul at that point. I've never, I don't know, I had never thought about that in the book of Acts. So there's your question. See if you can stump Mateen or Leo or, you know. Any, that's 
discussing Stripes, not we, Mateen was talking about Stripes straight in his sermon. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, so there's a, there's a challenge for a biblical scholar near you. Um, why is it that? For us to have PCs, you keep going to get back down, to get back to the Google, or if you go down to the... To the dock, right, right. No, we don't have You've got a taskbar, right, down there where your programs are. So that's why I'm, I usually have mine over here, but I moved it down there to make it a little more the same. You'll, you'll go down to your taskbar. That's going to be on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll have probably an Internet Explorer window, and you'll have a Google Earth window if you, just, if you have those two programs. And so that'll, that, that's your application switching um, back and forth. Good question. All right, so. Well, the question is when or what area did Saul become Paul? Well, we know that, yeah, he was called Paul, and I thought his name was changed at the time he was converted. When he, when he, when he, when he in Damascus, right. Right, when he, when he put his, laid his hands on him. And, so anyway, I had not encountered that before, and uh, maybe we can come with the answer to find out why the book of Acts in chapter 13 was referring to him as Saul. Interesting. Okay, so your homework, your challenge, should you accept it for this next week, is going to be um, to explore a little bit part of Paul's first missionary journey using this map. Because someone has generously taken the time to do these place locations. We've only been to the first couple. Um, We'll be talking next week a little bit, well, hopefully for half the time, about... Anatolia, and so that's going to be a nice segue for next week because we're going to be going to talk about Turkey. I happen to know Perga was a slave area, or was one of the was supposed to be one of the capitals of the slave trade uh, during that time. And I don't have the the digitized pictures. We've got these carousels of slides back in my parents' house in Kansas of uh, of our trip to Turkey. So I'm not going to be able to show my own photographs of this. But now you've got some tools where if you want to. You can have that panoramio layer turned on, and we could zoom in and possibly see some photographs that people have taken of that area. So here's Perga, and there's a photograph that someone took right near there. All right. The last place we're going to go this evening, in our final six minutes, is going to be to go to Rome. And so Paul eventually made it to Rome. And um, one of the, the neat things about going to Rome and to other urban areas in Google Earth is that people have created three-dimensional recreations, virtual recreations of different buildings that are there. So I'm going to show you how to get to that spot, and then we're going to take a look at some of these in Google Earth. On our website, this, is, this was the link under week number four that I clicked on to get to Paul's first missionary journey. I'm going to skip this one. There was a map overlay of ancient Rome that I found also. I'm going to go to this one, which says Ancient Rome 3D Mockups in Google Earth. And so we're going to click on this. And again, we're going to see a link here that says View in Google Earth. Now this time we don't have a choice. On one of those others it gave us a choice. See it in Google Maps, see it in Google Earth. Here we do not have a choice. And this is an example of something that is from the 3D warehouse in Google. And all of these buildings... have been recreated in Google Earth using a program called Google SketchUp. And I have not personally used Google SketchUp to create anything. But um, if you go to Chicago, if you go to New York, if you go to all the you know, urban areas, people have recreated the skyscrapers, you can you know, see all these kinds of things um, within Google Earth. So we're going to go now if we click on this link, View in Google Earth, I've actually already done that. And so over here in the layers,
I'm going to turn on the 3D warehouse and let's go ahead and go to one of these. Um, it's going to kind of put us on our back and then it's going to set us down right in Italy at the street level. Now I've got a few layers on here. What are all those pictures? Those are all Panoramio pictures that people have taken right there in Rome and they have geotagged in those locations. Now, like I said, sometimes we can have too much information. So I'm going to turn these layers off right now. We can look at those later. What we want to look at right now are these recreated buildings. And so I can go ahead and rotate around. You can see how many of them that they've created right here in just this area. If I click on it, it's going to give us some information. So let's read a little bit about it to find out what this is. Oh, it's in Italian. In a previous era of human history, this would have been a problem. But it's not today. Because there are free translators that can take this and translate it to English for us right away. So if you want to, you can just look at that and wonder. Does anyone speak Italian? No? Okay. I don't either. I speak Spanish, but not Italian. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight that text and I'm going to copy it. I'm just going to go to um, Edit Copy. And I'm going to go put that into a free translator program. And you can Google for one. Um, I put one right here called Free Language Translations. Alright? So we're going to go ahead and link to this. And this is going to load up. Free translation. Now, I think we could pay to have a human translator, but I'm going to be good tonight with the free translation. And let's zoom in here and say, what would we like? English to what? We'd like Italian to English. Put your text in here. That wasn't the text that I wanted. I don't know that that's letting me copy that. I have to go back to my history here. All right, so I admit, I was trying to impress you. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to copy it from here. Is it down there? Okay, thank you. All right, you know what? That's so much easier. I don't know why the um, I don't know why the version. That actually did work when I was doing that earlier. I don't know why it didn't let me copy it. So uh, we, we don't have to translate it in from Italian to English. We can actually read it here in English. The Theater of Marcellus is an ancient edifice in the Rione of San Angelo, Rome, providing one of the city's many popular spectacles or tourist sites. It was named after Marcus Marcellius, Emperor Augustus' nephew, who died five years before its completion. Space for the theater was cleared by Julius Caesar, who was murdered before it could be begun. The theater was so far advanced by 17 BC that part of the celebration of the Ludi Seculares took place within the theater. It was completed in 13 BC and formally inaugurated in 12 BC by Augustus. So, if anybody can figure out how it would be that we would um, have these descriptions in English instead of um, Italian, that would be that would be uh, be helpful. But the, this particular version that we have, for some reason, is showing this to us in Italian. I think this is the Colosseum. Yes, so we've had several people that have created the Roman Colosseum, and I'm not sure which, uh, which version they've created here. Um, but all of those house objects that you see here are different three-dimensional objects um, that have been created in Google Earth there in Rome. Sorry, my translation from Italian to English didn't work, but you know. I actually tried to play a video today at a board meeting for our organization, and all, you know, like 40 people were there, and 
my video failed. It was just, it was terrible. So technology, you know, fails for the best of us. If you're feeling frustrated with this course, remember my encouragement to you is not to master Google Earth, not to create these three-dimensional mock-ups of your house or our church, but to spend some time exploring and to use this as a conversation starter with a friend, with a grandchild, with a spouse, with someone else to make some connections that maybe you haven't made before with some things that you're reading. When you're reading the Bible and when you're doing your study, when you come upon a geographic location, I would encourage you to see if you can find that spot in Google Earth. And hopefully the content and the links and the things that we're providing here are going to, are going to open your eyes to some of the possibilities. Um, there's certainly far more here than we'll have time to talk about in five short weeks. But... Come up with the word, but if, there's a better word than rabbit hole, I think, for following, following the link. So uh, you, you, can, you can challenge someone on Acts 13, why, do we call, why was Paul called Saul? You can attempt to explore some of those missionary locations where Paul went on his first journey. And if you can come up with a better word than going down the rabbit hole to figure out how we describe these learning moments that happen link by link, why... That'll be great because I don't have a better word to describe it at this point. Is there a Wikipedia, you know, I can write about biomedical, you know, whatever and throw it in there. Is there a place for the panoramia? Um, I'll do some research on that to find out. I would suspect, like other communities of user-created content, um, they have a way, like we saw, of people flagging content and things being taken down. Um, and I don't know, it probably doesn't have the scrutiny that Wikipedia does because if, if something, you know, incorrect, if something vandal, a vandalism you know, act gets put up there, generally it gets taken down pretty quickly on Wikipedia. So, I don't know. I've just recently discovered Panoramio and we'll do some exploration to figure out some more about that. All right. Well, thank you all very much for your attention. And uh, next week we'll be going to Turkey and Anatolia and also reviewing a little bit more of your explorations on Paul's missionary journey.